Welcome to another episode of Europe's B2B Star Startup Sales Podcast. Today with Sandro Meyer, partner at Growth Bay, previously head of marketing at Testing Time, and before that, chief marketing officer at FlatDev. So uh, nearly a decade in, in the marketing space for startups. Now you also found your own company uh, to really help build a B2B revenue growth uh, as a system and not just like as a series of, of some hacks, tactics, and one-offs. So uh, Sandro, thanks so much for taking the time and could you share two actionable insights with us how um, actually like B2B SaaS companies can be more successful? And uh, you mentioned a few things around what's the difference between ratio of creating and distributing content and also what's the difference between an audience funnel and a prospect funnel. Yes, let's get right into it. Hello, uh, thanks a lot for having me. Um, yeah, so uh, we, we briefly talked about it before. Um, so there's two things that come up in a lot of uh, calls that uh, we have with customers, potential customers. And one thing um, that we see very often is especially in the, in the content creation um, part. So a lot of B2B companies, um, so maybe for context is important. Uh, we're mostly working with um, companies that um, have an ACV above to, uh, 10, 20 K. So just for, as kind of a reference point. Um, so, for them, content marketing SEO is an important channel oftentimes. And what we see is there is oftentimes there's not really a system uh, in place, but it's more of a kind of spray and pray um, uh, that they are uh, working under. And what we are usually saying is like, we're looking first at how much are they creating, how much of the time are they creating content versus how much time do they actually think about uh, distributing the content that they right. create? And it's really interesting. So a lot of time there is uh, this kind of notion of we create a lot of content and then we hit publish and then um, hope for the best. Kind of. <laughs> um, and that obviously doesn't work. And oftentimes when we say it, it's clear, but it's, it's somehow... For some reason, distribution of content is an elusive thing for company, and they they it's hard for them to um, to systematize it. And we always say like if you if you look at it literally as a machine of inputs and outputs, it it, it becomes a bit clearer. So you have, for example, you have a blog post as kind of uh, as kind of an input, and while you create the blog post, you think about how and where you will distribute it. And yeah. that's also kind of guiding your creation. And so that just means you get a lot more out of one blog post um, and the time that's invested into one blog post or one podcast episode or whatever. Um, so that's often sometimes that we start with when it comes to content. Um, yeah. So so taking this podcast, right? It took Patrick Trimpy and me probably 80 months and like 70, 80 episodes to cross like thousand monthly, monthly listeners. Um, right. And it is very like for us, like an average LinkedIn post is probably like five to 10,000 views, but the podcast <laughs> took us like 18 months. Mm -hmm. So we, we have 100 plus episodes. What's one thing we can do better um, with like no budget, no, not a lot of time? Right. I mean, I mean, I can, I can tell you what we do with our podcast, for example. I mean, so, so the thing is, the issue with audio is audio in itself is not very discoverable. So it's not really a channel that has inherent discoverability. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
and it's difficult to share as well. So there's not really like a social network for audio or something like that per right. se. I mean, I mean, you can share it and, and some people on LinkedIn do that, but it's, it's kind of weird, right? I mean, it's not like and you don't want to see an audiogram. And Cloud, yeah, and then, Clubhouse yeah. came quickly and went quickly, so. Exactly, exactly. And I am sure there will be, um, uh, uh, there will be in the future some form of, of, of social network for that. But to be concrete about that, so um, what we basically do is, for example, uh, we have a podcast episode. And then out of that podcast episode, we um, then go in um, and look at what are some of the highlights of the podcast episode and kind of take these snippets out um, and then uh, transcribe the snippets and um, uh, put the video with the transcription onto LinkedIn. And then also um, what I'm doing is then I check which of the um, uh, video snippets work the best on LinkedIn, got kind of the most feedback. And then I use that particular um, um, insight or whatever was shared in the highlight then in my newsletter. Right. Right. So and that, I think that's an interesting one from like a funnel, how like you go from the content creation to distributing it initially on LinkedIn, you go one step further down, put it on the newsletter. Like how do you track the whole funnel from people initially seeing your content to engaging on it in the newsletter to the next steps? Right. I mean, I think I, so we have a, we have a kind of unique perspective on the whole thing and that goes into the second thing you mentioned in terms of quick insights that we mm -hmm. often have in, in, in conversation. And that is everything I just mentioned right now goes into kind of a separate funnel than what I um, um, necessarily, or, or where I necessarily think, don't think about uh, prospects. So uh, to me, everything I talked about now is, um, it's an in, audience funnel, it's, probably. It's an audience funnel, exactly. Right. It's all in audience. And there, if for me, it's about like, okay, how much engagement do we get? So it's very technical metrics. It's basically on... So first of all, it's ideas we want to try out um, and, and see how much, um, how much interest is there. But then also it's like on specific um, contacts, how many people do we get that uh, listen to the podcast, that um, uh, engage with LinkedIn posts that are on the newsletter. And I think of it, uh, of the whole audience funnel, basically as the whole industry. So it doesn't mm -hmm. matter, it doesn't need to be a prospect, right? Can be freelancers, consultants, media, um, CEOs that will never so, so, buy so, from us. So it's fairly broad, right? So you, your, your North Star metric is more like brand awareness rather than like MQL as in market qualified lead. Yes. So it's yes. not a very specific conversion fund that you're opting for, but it's like, no. how can we get like growth pay to be known to a certain industry such as media? Right. And I mean, we could do the other playbook, right? We could, we could mm -hmm. kind of um, um, have the traditional MQL playbook where uh, we would put all the insights into an ebook and people download that, but we get, um, you know, one touch point versus six touch points with, with the kind of audience strategy. And so, right. Um, it's all about word of mouth in the end. So, uh, you know, some kind of consultant at, that works in a, and it happened a lot of times. So we have all of our clients came in through what I just mentioned, right? This kind of podcast newsletter, whole, whole thing. And so, then they so, were, yeah, so we don't I think, I think you, you just dropped the bomb here, right? So like you want pretty much hundred percent of your customers via your podcast, like no outbound yeah. sales, no LinkedIn, like no cold calling. Zero. Yeah. So, so everything, every customer we ever got was 
through the podcast newsletter. I mean, everything out, basically out of the audience funnel, but mm -hmm. not necessarily, it's not even the case that these people were in the audience funnel, but um, people that were in the audience funnel were like, hey, do you know, if we, uh, um, somebody was asking them, hey, do you know some kind of agency that does uh, growth marketing? And they're like, yeah, I've, I've heard about them. They, they write amazing content and then they get in touch with us. Right? So it's rather than like, hey, dear head of marketing of Implania or SLG, um, like I thought like you have some challenges in SEO and, and growth marketing and so on. Like, would you like to become a client for you? It was much more somebody like like was in the range of like an Implania person asking like, hey, do you know somebody for growth marketing? Like, well, yeah. I'm listening to this podcast from, from Sandro Maia, like he runs yeah. a company growth pay. Why don't you talk to him? And this is also often why people ask. So a lot of people ask me like, how do you get big accounts with such a small firm? Right. And that's exactly how it works, right? So I get introduction to the top level from people that are in their network um, and then they come to me. So, so yeah, that's kind of how, how, how we grew. Yeah. That, that, that's amazing. So congrats to that because it keeps your custom acquisition costs like really low, right? You don't need yes. to build I mean, a sales force and so on. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think we often hear from startups so they ask like what's better inbound or out, but we always tell people like inbound is amazing if you can pull it off because it's consistently pays dividends, custom acquisition costs are low startup feedback then like but what if i need to grow like three digit like 100 Tomorrow. to 300 <laughs> percent no but yeah. but a year like a year on year growth right i need to mm -hmm. go from one to two or four million arr in a year because it just got a seed funding round yeah inbound is, is rarely predictable right it's not like cold calling can do 10 calls you schedule two meetings i need to five meetings to book a customer yeah. then you know how many dials to make how do you get predictability into inbound in your case or in general with your customers well i mean i think it i think it um, it really depends it really depends on the on the channel and how far in the maturity um, of your operations are so for example if you talk about stuff like seo it's fairly predictable i mean you get after a certain point you get um, uh, if you have icp focused content um, you get a certain amount every month of people that come to your website that then um, download something or you know to the, uh, uh, go down the whole funnel with something like LinkedIn it's less it's less predictable but even there if you have an audience and you constantly I mean you have some benchmarks after a while right you have a baseline after a while that you can go off of um, but nevertheless I think it's 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 crucial for startups to have a mix of um, of kind of building a foundation with inbound where you have um, a baseline of content um, sorry, a baseline of growth coming in that steadily grows over time, but then it's also fueled by outbound. And, right. and I love when when um, SDRs, BDRs are using the content um, to actually get into accounts or 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 uh, stay in touch with accounts. I think it basically plays together. I think um, one makes the other better, right? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I think this is where, where sales is moving as well with like sales process becoming more of a buyer journey where people take a lot of information before they talk to a sales rep, basically. Uh, there's tons of solutions coming up like Emlen out of Germany, like um, show patterns on like how do salespeople can use assets better. How do you make the journey a prospect went so far through, right? Through podcast, SEO and so on. When arriving at the discovery call, how do you make that available to salespeople? So they know. Yeah, I mean it's tough, right? So so in the in the audience form, because you cannot really 
you, you cannot really measure much or you don't really know um, where the person was coming from, it's oftentimes not really directly possible. So it's, it's rather the other way around where then the person tells the salesperson in the call, hey, I heard the podcast. And then they know, yeah. oh, okay, so they're a bit further ahead with the education because they heard about the problem they're solving or stuff like that. Um, yeah. So less so that, um, I mean, obviously, if you go the whole MQL playbook where, um, where you have downloadables and webinars and stuff like that, and then they, uh, they're already in your CRM, um, that's a whole. That's another story, right? Then you can track right. them and see what they've what they've already been um, doing and engaging with. But if you if you have kind of a non-tracked um, large audience um, funnel that is not tracked or only on the channel metrics, then um, I there's there's little that I can give upfront, or maybe I can see like oh they're if they're part of the newsletter I can see ah oh, they have replied a couple of times, but again. There it's also, uh, and, we, and we can get into this more, um, uh, how, how well are the marketing and the sales team playing together? So is the salesperson then actually asking the marketing person, hey, do you have someone in your database? Um, and I'm, I'm having a call with this person in uh, next week or something. Right, right. And I think what's very interesting is that you also did it like at FlatDev, which was then like pretty small company testing time, which was a bit larger company. And now you're doing it for large accounts like Implania and other like pretty corporate customers. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like um, startups like at maybe even less than like 5 million annual revenue can take some parts of the playbook with limited, very limited resources and make the most out of this without having mm-hmm. a dedicated marketing and, and growth team? Well, I mean, it's so it's, I, I have to come back to the, to the whole system part. So um, I think, our content operation looks bigger than than um, than what it really is, and just because I have basically um, b- broken down the process completely from every step that I do, from researching the um, uh, the people that are going to be on the podcast, how I do that, all the way to um, actually posting a video on LinkedIn, and eighty um, percent of the whole process is done by. Um, by, by other people that I outsourced it to. And they are video um, editors. One is a, um, a virtual assistant that um, does a lot of the uh, uh, transcription and um, uh, timestamps and all, and all of these things. And this doesn't, so I currently pay uh, 90 bucks per episode for everything. So, um, and how my calculation is basically, okay, so let's say I have one podcast episode that gives me one audio, um, episode one uh, video i can put on youtube and five videos i can put on linkedin per episode so that's for one season that's 10 episodes that's 50 videos that i put on linkedin um which costs me 1000 swiss francs um and if i don't get a customer with 50 videos that i post on linkedin i've done something wrong or it's the wrong topics right right Maybe first world problem, but I mean, the, the challenge that I face, quite frankly, is like right now I record about two podcast episodes on average a week, which is, mm-hmm. and the day, like I say, like, let's post on LinkedIn once a day. Like it's not especially mm-hmm. Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I also have some other things I maybe want to post. <laughs> yeah. So my, my issue wouldn't be like 5x more videos out of the podcast, but mm-hmm. more like how can I come up with like high quality and, and discoverability, what you mentioned, right? Um 
So it, do you feel like that then the more videos is really fixing it or like, do you feel the targeting is really important as well? Like how can you use that audience funnel material to get into your prospect funnel as well and map the journey? Um, can you can you repeat the question again, the last part of the question? To which extent can you use the, the material you use in your audience funnel, like your curated uh, podcast material also for your prospect funnel? And to which extent is it completely different material? Aha, uh -huh. I mean, so usually I try to I try to address questions in the podcast and also in the newsletter itself that I constantly have to answer anyways on sales calls um, and and uh, and stuff like that. So, but not all. So in the newsletter, sometimes I'm answering it, but sometimes um, um, a podcast guest answers it. There mm -hmm. is an expert on this specific topic. So what I'm doing is in a sales call where someone asks me like, hey, you know, how, how, how do you do this with content distribution? I actually um, give them, send them an email with, okay, look, um, I have written uh, this newsletter about it. I have done a whole podcast episode about it. And so then for them, it's like, oh, okay. So this person on the other end has uh, thought about this topic. And right. obviously I can also explain it to them, but they, they have it kind of backed up that that um yeah, uh, so the, the, the social proof is there like because other people yeah. have been speaking about it and the functional proof because you've been very involved in this topic over like several seasons over time right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. what, one thing i was curious when i had like we've showed a couple of our, our dear common common friends so to say uh -huh. like was also like hey like um sandra my obviously has the experience from working with like a startup a scale up and now that has his own agency like how do you focus as, as a marketing agency if i may call it that on mm -hmm. which ideal customer profile you have like because right now you serve rather larger customers right mm -hmm. like i mean if, if, I, if i'm a startup like at like say 500k or like 2 million annual revenue can i still come to you and say like sandra let's work together like we have like not on not 50k 200 budget 100k budget but can you help us i mean so so for us i think we have we have a set of principles that's the first kind of filter for us um, that uh, that we just require because otherwise for us it's difficult to kind of implement the systems that we want to implement. Um, uh, you, you know, stuff like we just want to play the long-term game. So that just means like at least six months working with us. Yeah. And I mean, we start at, we start at do, doing programs at like, we always do an audit first because we say like um, that it's like at the doctor's office, you know, if you, if, if your doctor comes to you and, and, and tells you, you have like this sickness um, without <laughs> ever having asked you questions or checked, checked you out, it's really difficult to, uh, to make a good prognosis. So, yeah. and, and that's always the same price. It's, it's, it's 12K. It's just oftentimes we say like, yeah, but why, like you don't have enough data to do, to do an audit. I think um, I, I do, I love to do strategy calls just uh, to learn more, but we don't necessarily work with, with some of the companies. So I would say, in my experience, at least three million in revenue and the marketing team of two people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Annual revenue. Yeah. And marketing of two people because otherwise um, <clears throat> we have worked with, with smaller or, 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 or companies that are even, even pre series A, but the issue is they cannot then um, implement, um, either don't have the budget to do it with us or implement it themselves. And then I think like we cannot have the impact that we want to have. Um, that, that, that makes sense, right? <clears throat> I had this, this conversation with like a leading agency in the area of LinkedIn ads, right? And also like, hey, how much 
would you calculate per month basically right like mrr is what to say it's like mm-hmm. look honestly on our side like maybe two three k but to have a meaningful impact on like linkedin ads like five to ten k so you actually, right. actually get data right is mm-hmm. that the ballpark figures so like for us it's like hmm, okay that's like 12 13k a month that's like two sales web base do we are we ready for this right do we have the leverage right. for it right and I think like that's an interesting point. Like when do you get the systems in place versus when do you scale the systems? Exactly. So, exactly. I mean, you know, and sometimes um, I talk to, I mean, just today, actually, I talk to um, entrepreneurs and there it's just really still about experimentation and mm-hmm. they, they, they have not figured out channels yet that are ready to be systemized. And yeah. because if you systemize something too early, then, you know, it, it, it's not the right play. You first need to figure out one or two channels that work, and then you can start systemizing and optimizing that channel. And yeah. I think that is like some misunderstanding sometimes, you know, um, where yeah, you scale I, something that is not ready to be scaled. Yeah, yeah I, I, I always think back on like on a racetrack, with, not a Formula One, obviously, but a Formula Lotus car, 450 mm-hmm. kilograms, 150 horsepower, and every one of us did this mistake, right? In a normal car, you can be steering and go on the, or go on the gas and it kind of works if you do it in a race car everybody or every one of us spun around and it was, it's, it's not a good feeling if you're 180 degrees wrong and somebody's coming to you at 100 kilometers an hour in no caution run i sometimes feel that's that's a bit the case right you put the gasoline too early it's like uh-huh. things go wrong but i found it interesting that you probably know the inno heck guys right um mm-hmm. Rafa, Rafa, i mean no yeah mm-hmm. you have a joint customer i think in between yeah. plane yard like mm-hmm. this public information mm-hmm. right so they basically also clay, say like hey look also if you want to validate the new market you you don't know if the channel works or the offering works or the customer group works digital marketing can help you validate um certain hypotheses yeah so do you agree with that or would you say like hey you should only like scale digital marketing once you know you have product market fit or at least message market fit no i mean so like for 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 us anyways there is there is different levels of um, customer research that need to happen um even before you start scaling a channel if that's Mm -hmm. the the right direction you want to go with this um i mean for, for for us like first of all if you want to for example test messaging um, ads are a great way to do that, right? Both Facebook ads um, or or LinkedIn ads. You can actually, well, LinkedIn ads are a bit expensive, but um, um, Facebook ads. You can test messaging very well by by looking at clicks and looking at um, all the metrics like that to see what works well. Um, on what I always say and what we usually, where <laughs> one that listens that works with us in the future. Um, apologize already we we basically took customer research of the of the offer um even though we do it but we don't disclose it because people don't want to do it and so it's definitely part of the it's definitely it's, it's definitely part of of marketing so right. i don't i don't execute unless i have some inclinations coming directly from the customer wherever that's from right i i love to do interviews but yep. yeah yeah yeah, we, we have the same thing, right? Pretty much everybody comes for leads. Everybody leaves with ideal customer profile homework. That's that's just like, no, really like, yeah. it's like, I need more leads. Like, okay, cool. Who's your ideal customer profile? Yes. Corporates, can you be more specific? Yeah. Corporates in the financial industry, like insurance yeah. or banks, both. Like, what's the yeah. persona? Somebody in risk or finance like, or marketing. like head of yeah. marketing, public relations. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know. Like, what do we need leads? It's like, what are you going to do with them? Like, oh, we don't know. We have 12 offers. Like, cool. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's you no, know, but it's it's true. You know, it's like um, um, we have something similar where we uh, um, people come to us. I just had this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, we need to we need to uh, grow our our SEO um, efforts, and we need better SEO. And then you come and you have a first um, conversation, and that's usually not the issue, right? It's not it's not a specific channel. They're not that far. Most companies are not that far that that. that Mm-hmm. SEO is their specific issue, but when you take two or three steps back, it's like, oh, okay, we first need to look at your positioning because uh, you get in the wrong people with your current right. SEO, for example, so, you know? So yeah. I think that that's, that's a challenge in the space you are as a digital marketing agency because customers come to you and it's like, can you please buy media for me? Sometimes I guess like Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, before we spend your media to generate, like, grow your audience and, and get some prospects, we need to do an audit for 12K. And it's like, probably they're like, ah, oh, 12K is expensive. Just spend my money, right? It's like, no, you're not going to do that. But then you do the audit and then you find out it's not even about digital marketing. It's more about positioning the sales story, the value proposition, the, the fundamental yeah. message market fit. What do you do? Because at this point, you would need to go one step further back and become kind of a business consultant. Right. And that's oftentimes what happens. Okay. Um, and, and that's oftentimes what happens. And for us, that's also why we choose our customers very carefully and say no to a lot of people just because we know, I mean, we know, we learned that um, exactly the way that you just described, right? Uh, and we try to do our audit in a way that is both actionable um, and, and kind of develop it, not in a vacuum, but with uh, um, with uh, regular calls with the founders or with yeah. the um, head of marketing, VP marketing, uh, so that something comes out at the end that is actually uh, doable by them themselves if they choose to. But mm-hmm. we always have strategic elements in there that probably need to change. And then, yes, it's oftentimes it's actually also a consulting role where we work directly with the founders that in the end, just because we just feel like I think because we've been in the position where we had to kind of take this holistic approach, if you're mm-hmm. the first um, in, in sales and marketing at a startup, it's just, that's just kind of how we were primed to think. Yeah. And so that's just the natural role we take in. And we always say when someone tells us like, hey, um, we want to do, uh, I don't know, a campaign in this and this. And we say, we don't do campaigns. We don't do one-offs at all. So, yeah. and, and, and that's yeah. just, I feel like, I feel like that's in, in the, in the, it, it hurts a little bit in the short term, but then in the long term, it's good Yeah, um, for both parties. I find the founder of Freshworks, like Bexio out of Canada, so to say, um, mm-hmm. they mentioned like if you have two, two decisions, two options, and they seem equal, choose the harder one because it's going to be easier later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love that one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, but it's true. It's, it's true. And, and, and oftentimes, it's, it's, uh, the truth hurts a little bit. But, um, you know, if, it's, if, if we see, like, for example, we, we have a standard set of questions that we ask mm-hmm. and um, you, you feel pretty quickly, like, if, if I ask which of your digital channels works the best and, and, and brings in the most revenue and they cannot say, that's a problem, right? Yeah, well, that's then they're not ready to select a channel because they don't know, right? Exactly. That's a yeah. pro- I mean, that's a problem in the sense of like, okay, so that's, that's, the, that's a bottleneck, right? So we don't need to start um, scaling, um, scaling any channel because you don't even know if it works yet. 
or you, or you don't have maybe maybe don't have the analytics um, uh, and the tracking um, correctly implemented. Yeah. Or you, I mean, whatever the reason is, right? Or people are not even fully clear what they want. It's like going in the gym, like exactly. I want to be incredibly strong and do deadlifts and run around and be lean and like, okay, so, but incredibly strong means just packing on muscle and calories. And then running around is different than from deadlifts, right? right? What do you right. want now? <laughs> right. And like exactly. everything. <laughs> exactly. Quickly, or, maybe it's, or maybe it's just like you work out for uh, uh i don't know better focus and clarity during the day but then that's a whole different thing right like what is your what is your um, uh, a goal you're optimizing for it's pretty crucial actually yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes <laughs> find it worrying how many startups cannot answer that straight right like what's mm -hmm. your automatic like arr like oh a bit of revenue a bit of profitability a bit of like brand awareness a bit of mm -hmm. like ticket size a bit of sales mm -hmm. cycles like okay oh cool <laughs> but let, yeah let's goals who are your customers what are the channels that work? Like these are three very fundamental questions. And then right. if, if they cannot be answered well, then they're either not documented well or they don't know. Yeah. 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 Cool. So wrapping it up uh, because we strive mm -hmm. to like, it's always, that's hard for us to keep it to like <laughs> roughly 30 like minutes. Uh, not from, from yeah. our side because there's so many, so many like more interesting conversations to yes. be had, right? Uh, <laughs> What I took away from this from this conversation is there's really a difference between an audience funnel where you want to really increase brand awareness and re even referrals can come from people to people that never listen to a single one of your episodes and you want actually all your customers like this. The second one is um, it's really important to be clear on what you want to achieve um, before because before that like one, no one-off campaigns, no expensive LinkedIn ads, uh, no one no basically work before that and this is why you do an audit with all customers and the third one choose your customers carefully because you're going to be in there with a long-term mindset right um and you don't want to do things where you cannot be maximum successful for them so thanks so much sandra for, for joining us for sharing all these insights um what by founding your own company with growth pay uh, after being head of marketing uh, for testing time congrats to the acquisition retrospectively <laughs> and uh, all that, all that's flat there. So, all the best for the future. Cheers. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Manuel. <laughs>